Carla Rossage and Anna Russell joining us. Uh, thank you, ladies, for coming in studio. How are you this morning? Oh, I am doing wonderful, and thank you so much for having us. We're excited to be here. Yes, good morning. Thank you for having us. Of course. All right, so let's talk about Pause for Live. First off, kind of introduce you, uh, introduce yourselves, uh, how you got this started, and, and your mission behind Pause for Life. Okay, yes, so um, um, I'm the current president of Pause for Life NC. Um, our group started back in 2002, um, primarily to address the homeless pet population in Franklin County, North Carolina. Um, and it started because a stray dog strolled into someone's yard one day. It was looking uh, to be in pretty bad shape. And that sparked a movement. Um, and it grew from there. Um, so right now, we have, on average, right now, about 400 animals that we've rescued so far in wow. 2023. Um, in years past, a little higher this perfect storm after COVID has really affected the animal um, welfare um, realm. So, Did you guys see, you know, we've talked to other animal rescues, animal shelters uh, over the last year or so. Did you guys kind of see the trend as well after the pandemic where it was, you know, everyone adopted because they were stuck at home. And then once they went back to work and once the pandemic wasn't as bad, people were returning those animals absolutely we did our um our adoptions went through the roof during the pandemic and then the year after um our return rate was sky high and they were even for animals that had been adopted like nine years before because our rescue will always take our animals back um regardless of how long they've been adopted because once we bring an animal into our program we commit to that animal so we saw a lot of returns that year and that kind of goes into the the difference you guys are an animal rescue Kind of explain to me the difference between animal rescue and animal shelter. Okay. So the animal shelters, those are publicly run, uh, you know, government run facilities, and they pretty much have to take the animals in. They're, I think now a lot of them are transitioning more to managed intake, um, where rescues, we we don't have to take the animals in, We but we go out and we try to pull from different shelters the animals that need us the most. Um, so that's the difference. We can control our intake, and a lot of times the shelters cannot. So shelters don't really have, like, um, screening processes for their um, adopters. A lot of times it's just public walks in the door. They look at the animals. They, they choose an animal. Um, they complete the paperwork, pay the fee, and they have their animal. Where rescues, we, we um, usually have screening processes where we actually look, you know, um, landlords are okay with having the animal and the property because that's one of the top reasons why animals are um, surrender to us or yeah. requested to surrender to us. We make sure that they do basic vetting, keeping the you know vaccines current, um, and other standard care for animals, um, and just doing a handshake with them before we place an animal home. Make sure it's the right fit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, would you guys say that this time of the year is pretty busy for you? Whether it's it's bringing in animals or finding them homes? Yeah, um, we're pretty busy right now, actually. Um, obviously, just like Carla said, you know, we do try to pair up and screen. Um, you know, if we have some young families come in wanting to adopt a puppy for Christmas for their young children, you know, we make sure we have that conversation with them that, you know, this young puppy is going to be a at least a 10-year commitment. And are they yeah. really ready? It's not just a, a 
a cute little present under the tree just to make their children happy Christmas morning. Um, we really try to make sure that we pair um, and make a good match, a good connection, and know um, exactly what they're getting into. Um, and if they do, and a lot of times they do, a lot of people will, um, you know, get another dog around the holiday season. Um, you know, if they already currently have a dog and they know what they're getting into, um, you know, makes our job a little bit easier. But we do try to um, make sure that they're not just getting a an animal, whether it be a puppy or a kitten or an adult animal. We make sure that um, they understand it is a lifetime commitment. It's not just going to be a present under the tree Christmas morning. And that's a good reminder to some people because I know there are some people that think, oh, I'm going to surprise mom and dad or I'm going to surprise my kid, you know, give them a, a puppy for, for a Christmas present. Not always the greatest idea, right? No, no. We do get people sometimes, you know, looking to um, get, um, oh, I think my parents, my elderly parents, oh, you know, it would be really great for them if we get them a dog or we get them a cat. Um, we always make sure we speak to the person and have that conversation with the person that's actually going to be receiving the pet, um, make sure they're on board with it, um, giving presents um, of animals at the holiday season, whether it be a puppy, whether it be, um, you know, an adult dog or cat. Not always a good idea because they may not necessarily want to take on the responsibility, the financial responsibility and the time and effort that goes into it. So um, always a good idea to make sure you have that conversation with them before. It's always a wonderful gift. Um, Not saying that having an animal um, as a gift at Christmas is not a good thing, but um, always make sure that they are ready and they are aware of it and they are into it as well. Because if not, that that dog or cat could yes. be returned shortly. Exactly. Yeah, and we don't want that. You no, know, we, we wanna, do not. We want to find we want to find these animals a good home, like you said, a ten year commitment. You know, somewhere where they know that family is going to keep that dog or that cat or or animal with them. And that kind of leads into uh, our next conversation. We have a few minutes left, um, but you guys were telling me off air about how there is a problem. Not just here in the Triangle, not just here in North Carolina, across the country, there are too many animals that don't have homes. Correct. This is a major problem we have. Um, it's felt from coast to coast. It's not local. Um, there's so many factors that come into play that have created this situation. COVID was part of it because during COVID, a lot of um, services were shut down. So there, um, a lot of the vets only did care that was absolutely necessary because, you know, it was covid um, so a lot of spay and neuter services didn't happen. And when that doesn't happen, mm. we feel that effect in about six months later. So we right now are dealing with all these animals that have been produced through the COVID era. Um, and so we just need more resources for, uh, and legislation. I will say it has to start with legislation as well about spay and neutering our animals and, um, responsible pet ownership and yeah. having better, um, maybe, oversight of housing policies that have breed restrictions or um, access to affordable vet care. Um, There's so many pieces that come into this um, that are adding to why animals don't have homes. It's, I don't, and we're drowning. Everybody's drowning. Rest, the shelters are full. Euthanasia rates up across the country at all the shelters. Um, The rescues are full. Um, People every day are emailing, calling, please help me. And there's just no space. Yeah. And that kind of leads into, you know, you guys are looking for foster families as well to kind of help potentially, you know, hey, see if this is a good fit. 
is that kind of is that the first step? I, I know you yeah. said you know this needs to be a legislation thing, yeah. Yeah. but for now, is that kind of the first step of foster families trying to find the right families that you know will be the right family for these animals? It is fostering does certainly play a, a big role in animal welfare, but in the bigger scheme of things, fostering. Um, is a band-aid to that bigger issue. We're not going to rescue or foster our way out of the problem that we have. We have to, because that's just the symptom of the bigger problem. But absolutely, for the animals that are lucky enough to make it into rescues um, and get you know treatment and care, it is great for them. Um, so, yes, we need fosters. And the more fosters we have, the more animals we can save. So, yes, we want more fosters, but that's one piece of it. We still need to have that bigger conversation. So how can people get in, in touch with you guys? If, if they're listening right now, they're like, we want to be a foster family. We, we want to, you know, we want to bring in as many dogs and cats as we possibly can. How can they get in contact with uh, Paws for Life? Oh, that would be absolutely fantastic. Somebody out there could um, actually save a life. Um, pawsforlifenc.org. They could go to our website um, on our, our website. We, it explains exactly what fostering is all about. We pay for everything. We pay for all of the food, all of the vetting. We provide all of the materials, um, beds, toys, anything that, um, you know, the, the animal that they're taking care of. And they basically just take care of it, take it to vet appointments, um, show it love, training. Um, and then they keep it in their home until a, um, you know, a lot of times people do end up adopting that animal which is great but the the um the the main goal is to get that animal um then placed with a loving family um that you know we find is a a good match for them so we need dog fosters cat fosters um if you've got a spare room and you can keep um your litter of puppies one or two puppies we have little dogs big dogs um it saves lives for sure and like i said we the rescue pays for everything um there's no cost to the the person that is fostering um they've got a big support group we um um, help out with adoption events, bring the dog out to adoption events, meet the team. We guide them through the whole process. So pawsforlifenc.org. Go to um, ways you can help. There's a little drop down that says fostering. A little write-up exactly what it entails. Um, commitment is usually until the, the animal is adopted. Um, and that time can vary depending on the animal that they bring in, um, committing to the animal until it's adopted. And like I said, a lot of times um, people do end up adopting the animal. Yeah. Sometimes it's a good way to find out if it's a good fit for your family. You know, you're thinking about getting a dog, but you've already got a dog. You're not sure what it's going to be like. Well, foster for a little while. See what it's like. Yeah. If it does end up being a, a good fit, great. Let's go ahead and, uh, you know do the process and you can adopt the dog if not that's okay too wonderful we'll find another great home for that dog and in the meantime you have saved a life yeah pause for life nc.org uh carla rossage and anna russell from pause for life thank you so much for coming in studio and being with us we really thank appreciate you. it thank, thank you for you so having much. us